I'm as baffled by this conflicting evidence as you are. His prints are all over the crime scene. The TV footage puts him 60 miles away. He can't have been in two places at once. You know me. I didn't kill that kid, Ralph. Do you see how strange this is? What would make someone do such a thing? He didn't do it. I have no tolerance for the unexplainable. Well then, sir, you'll have no tolerance for me. Answer me this. Do you think Terry Maitland killed that boy? If he didn't do it, someone else did. Someone else did. Someone else did. Hello, and welcome back to Castle Rock Critical. Woohoo! Yay! Uh, we've all been having a very well-deserved festive break, but now it's time to bring back our Stephen King coverage with HBO's limited series adaptation of The Outsider. Feels like we've never been away, to be honest. Doesn't it just, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't uh, feel like much of a break. <laughs> so, I'm Emma, that's one of the voices you hear. I'll be your host today, and I am joined by Lucy. I'm the other voice. Um, now, I was given uh, surprise homework at the end of Castle Rock Season 2, with this novel. Yep. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed Surprise! it. Surprise! Do some work, please. <laughs> Get to the end of the episode, Len's like, right, and the next thing we'll be doing is HBO's The Outsider. And I'm like, what? I didn't realise it was out so early in January. <laughs> there was no warning. Such a lack of a break between Castle Rock and this. But it's fine. It Luckily, I had two weeks off for Christmas, so I managed to read it within the space of about two days of doing nothing. And you got nothing. it delivered, what, like the same day? I much. sure did. I read it in paperback. Um, but, but Lucy, this is a whole new story for you, right? So how much did you know about the series before you watched episode one and two? Nada. Well, actually, that's not true. Well, I didn't really know anything, but I did Google it when we were advised that we would be covering it shortly. <laughs> I thought, hey, let me look into what that is. Um, and that's when I found out what it was about and it had Jason Bateman in it. So I didn't know anything really going into it. Um, but I did a little bit of research, so I found out kind of what the, the gist was. Nice. So we'll have two very different perspectives coming on this one then. Um, I know everything about what the story should be and you know the bare bones. I know nothing, Jon Snow. You know nothing, Lucy Jon Snow. Um, so we're going to be doing the usual structure of our podcast today. So we're going to do a general overview of the episode. Um, we are doing episodes one and two in separate podcasts, uh, even though they were released on the same night, as I thought that'd be extra content for you guys. Uh, so do subscribe to Castle Rock Critical to get the next episode as soon as it comes out. We'll then be doing a plot synopsis and discussion, and then finally finishing up with uh, King Corner, talking about both book differences and uh, any Easter eggs that are uh, King-related, or well, some of them are just telly-related. Just interesting-related. Just eggs. Just eggs. Um, so, kicks off, Lucy. What do you think of the first episode, Fish in a Barrel? Please give us your blue breeze and an explanation of the system to anybody who is new. Okay, um, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed this episode. Going into it, I mean, it's HBO, A. Um, B, the cast was really good. So I did think, you know, this has got promise, this has got potential, but then kind of thought similar things about Castle Rock, didn't we, cast-wise? Yeah, true. So I I went into it open-minded, and I really enjoyed the first episode. I found it gripping, I found it intriguing, um, scary, well-paced. Yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to give it four blueberries, 
and the blueberry scale for newcomers hello welcome welcome is our rating how we rate the things that we review so zero would be the lowest and five would be the highest and you can't have halves so you've got to give it a full score which is really hard sometimes sometimes it can be um you know it's a kind of a bit of a rounding up or rounding down yeah you want to fall between the two but you can you have to to choose one okay four blueberries good that's that's decent Mm. really good especially for an opening of something that i don't know i probably would have watched it i don't know how many people who don't know stephen king or who don't like crime and murder hi um would maybe have, have picked this one up but i think it's got an interesting because it's not pure horror and it's got, I mean, the true crime, mm. it's not true crime, I fucking hope it's not. It, But, you know, the crime, oh, the procedural, yeah. supernatural procedural, I saw it described as, which I think is quite fitting. Oh, I like that. Um, it's very popular, that kind of, the, the police shows, the, mm. the murders. So to see Stephen King's take on it, I thought, oh, that sounds really interesting. It's not just going to be more of the same. Well, in my mind, who knows? Yeah, and I think when I, so I knew nothing about The Outsider, really, because I haven't, I've read a lot of, like, King Canon, but I've not read a lot of his more recent things no. like the mr mercedes no, um and, and i hadn't i didn't know anything about this so when i went into it i didn't really know what i was in for i just read the back of the book and went okay and opened it up and read it and actually i i really enjoyed the book i as i said i read it really quickly um i thought it was really well paced which is quite unusual for stephen king yes um it was interesting it had characters that i could really get behind um and i, I really enjoyed it so when I watched the first episode um, literally yesterday. I wasn't really sure what to expect because I had an image in my mind of who these characters should be. And some of them I felt didn't quite <clears throat> initially feel right yeah. for me. But I, they, they grew on me. Um, <clears throat> I think I didn't expect um, Detective Anderson to be as old. Okay. And I'm not really sure why... I just uh, and we'll talk a little bit about possibly why that is. Um, the the guy that plays him is brilliant. Like, but is it Ben Mendelsohn? Mm-hmm. Um, he's great. He? I've seen him in loads of stuff, um, and I and I really, I really like him. And actually, he grew on me a lot. Um, and I and I guess because I know how everything speeds up quite a bit mm. as you get sort of past the halfway mark of the book. I'm kind of just waiting for the action in a way. Okay. Um, so I, I enjoyed the first episode. I, th- I think though for me it was a three blue. Oh wow. And, and I wonder if that's because, well, well two, two reasons. One, because I know what's going to happen. So that, that maybe that takes away from it. And two, and we'll talk about this, the discovery of the Peterson boy was grim as fuck. Yeah. And I even... When you got a bad stomach as well, which I did have while I was watching, I was yeah. like, ooh, that's... It's not that graphic in the book. Didn't really need to linger on it. Just wasn't really... That and we much. won't linger on it too much. Um, and that's not to say that it wasn't a good episode. I just, I think I wanted more from it. Um, and the way that the season develops, I think, will will give us that, uh, hopefully. I, I mean, I love Jason Bateman. I thought he was brilliant. Um, and, and a lot of the other um, cast were, were great, so... Yeah, I suppose your expectations going into it were completely different to mine because I had none. Um, and you obviously had the preconceptions from the book. Mm. And if it didn't really match up to that, I can see why you would maybe lower your score. But that's interesting. 
Yeah, I mean, a three bloop's not bad. It's not. If anything, it's, it's, it's good. It's above average because two and a half, in theory, would be the middle point of the blueberry system. It's a round up from average. No, I think I think three is basically good, yeah. standard, four is like very yeah. good. Nothing like groundbreakingly brilliant, but it was good. I enjoyed it. Solid. I wanted to watch the next episode, not just because yes. I had to. I did also. <laughs> um, I, I would agree with your um, your four blueberry for the book, though. I think the book's a okay, four blueberry. Okay, so you four blueberry yeah. book. I'd recommend a read of it, actually. Um, especially if you don't like traditional Stephen King, I think this is something that you can probably get behind. So, you know, I like the idea of supernatural procedural. Yeah. That's the kind of shit I like watching. Well man. done, whoever coined that phrase. If that was you. Yeah, if that was you, congratulations. Right, you've, right you've done a good one. Um, okay, brilliant. Thank you, Lucy. That's all right. Uh, now, before we head into the episode proper, it's time for an advert break. Blue, 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 blue. Innocent red. Just like everybody else here. The house is burning. Hi, Georgie. I'm afraid I have a tendency to turn up the heat. Hello, it's that time again where we hawk our wares to you. Castle Rock Critical, if that's where you found us, is a sub-podcast from the Fan Critical Podcast family. Uh, that's our main channel. If you subscribe to that one as well as this, you'll get all of our other content um, and be able to see all of the different things that we're doing. If you do like what you're hearing so far, and this is your first foray into the uh, Fan Critical or Castle Rock Critical world, um, then subscribe to either channel or both. Rate us and leave us a review. We love them and quite often we will read them out, uh, especially if they are either hilarious uh, or very ego stroking yes wouldn't you agree mm-hmm. um so what else do we do i hear you ask uh, so castle rock critical here uh we cover castle rock seasons one and two if you haven't watched that it's an absolutely brilliant show in season one season two is debatable um but we covered both of those seasons and it's it's really great coverage we also do a lot of retrospective reviews of stephen king uh, adaptations anything from the shining to tommy knockers uh, and <laughs> yes. the stand some fantastic some not so much uh, most recently, we've done Doctor Sleep. That yes. was uh, another Emma and Lucy special. Yep. We also do loads of other stuff. So uh, The Watchmen, if you happen to catch that, bloody brilliant. Um, latest Star Wars, which has uh, divided opinion, let's be honest. Divided the world, it seems. Hasn't it just? Um, and we uh, started off with things like Game of Thrones, if you fancy uh, harking back to some of those. And uh, even the Westworld, which I believe Ooh. is coming back not too far in the future. Yeah. Um, if you do like what we do and uh, you're enjoying the coverage, then we also have a Patreon. Uh, so with Patreon, you get a number of different options for what blueberry level you would like to be. Anything from junior blueberry up to senior blueberry. Um, anyone who joins on the junior blueberry level gets our uh, special cast it episodes where we recast famous films uh, with different characters to often hilarious and ridiculous effect. Um, so if you go to patreon.com forward slash fan critical that's where you can sign up and uh, Lucy I believe we've got some new Patreons to shout out this week is that we have indeed so since we went off air for our Christmas break we've had four new Patreons which is is crazy and especially over Christmas when you know people have probably got better things to be spending their money on we very much appreciate it Um, so one one of the Patreons who actually requested to be shouted out in the outsider because she's planning to watch it she did say that she was concerned that it might not be any good so far i think it's okay um is laura beamish so thank you laura for Thanks, your laura. support and for 
already starting the dialogue with the outsider we hope you are enjoying the show and we hope you enjoy our podcast on it we also had there are some people that haven't really said whether or not they want to shout out in this or not but so, i feel like they need shout outs yeah let's say a big thanks they're donating and that's what we do so we want to shout out is thank you for your donation is thanks is isa if i've said that wrong i'm really sorry please don't unsubscribe or stop giving <laughs> us money and andrew which just, just did it today so Thanks, thank guys. you very much, Andrew. Thank you much, Laura. Thank you, Isa. And thank you, Iz, for your donations. Thank you, guys. We really appreciate it. And we will keep uh, producing as much great content for you as we can. But for now, it's time to get back to the outsider. Back to the studio. Creepy So, episode one, we open up with a, a man and his dog taking a little stroll through the park. And then, uh, I mean, this particular plot summary I've taken says the pup, it's a German shepherd, uh, catches a All sniff. All dogs are pups. I mean, he is In a their owner's pup. eyes. She, it seems lovely. Um, and, uh, and, and that sniff leads him to run off and uh, point this gentleman towards a pretty grotesque discovery. Mm. Um I thought quite a hard opening actually there's no funny in around here no it's just straight up um, so as day turns to night Detective Ralph Anderson uh, uh, so Ben Mendelsohn is on the scene and he's examining the body of a mutilated young child named Frankie Peterson and Jesus oh this was gore from like hell this was horrific um, so the body's got tissue tears in uh, in the upper body teeth impressions around the edges uh, according to the coroner, it is not an animal attack. It's very much like an animal attack. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty hideous, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. So Anderson interrogates the dog owner uh, before then having to go through the horrific experience of notifying the boy's, boy's family of his horrific fate. Mm. Um, Lucy, what do you think of the opening scenes? Yeah, well, very, very grim, as you say. It reminded me a bit of um, a documentary that I started watching but couldn't finish because it was just awful. Uh, which I can't remember the name of. It's like the West Memphis Free. I don't know if you've heard of them. Oh, uh, yeah. Child murders. Mm-hmm. Um, in And the bodies are found in a sim- in like a, well, in like a lake, but the wooded area, that part, the way it was shot reminded me. But in the end, the documentary, they actually show the recovery of the bodies of these little boys. Oh, Jesus so Christ. I was like, I can't unsee that. I stopped watching it. I, I didn't, um... didn't need to see that. But it remi- yeah, it reminds me of that. And it would, like you say, like a strong... I guess they've they've made it so gory to kind of grab you like oh this is not unusual because yeah. look at look look at that mm. and I think it's 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 good to get it out of the way we don't have to go back there again that's it it's done we don't have to be traumatized by that entire scenario and I don't really want to talk about it um, it it was I thought it it could have been less less gory yeah definitely it didn't need to linger on the body so much but i do think from my perspective knowing what's going to happen later down the line it's important to for some of those things to happen and for you to see those things so yeah i mean i get it and i think it was a good quick introduction to the mm. two main things You're straight in there yeah like boys shit. been murdered and ralph's our guy and it's also not just i say normal murder no murder is normal but it's very it it's not very like, out of the ordinary yeah. it's something. not just someone's been strangled or shot no. it's, it's mutilation it's extremely it? savage and the whole like the you know could it be an animal attack no um is really interesting because actually i mean you could if you come from a kind of supernatural background you could almost look at that and think that's oh, like werewolf isn't it? yeah well i did think like savage obviously i knew that it wasn't going to be a bear but the claw marks and whatever oh it's rough wasn't it 
Mm, very animalistic. So the way that we open this episode is quite interesting, actually, because we we kind of work through the story by interviewing different people initially to get their perspective. Mm. So um, after, so the next day after they find the body, uh, Anderson is speaking to a woman who claims to have seen the boy outside a grocery store. Um, and she says that local teacher and baseball coach Terry Maitland, that's our uh, Jason Bateman, mm. um, stopped to chat with Frankie, the dead kid, and offered him a ride in a white van with out-of-state plates. Um, and that's enough for him to go, right, we need to, we need copies of his prints. Yeah. Um, you know, let's all be honest. Kids should know not to get into a van. But, that's his, but if it's, it's someone his you know... teacher and coach. Yeah. I, I mean, I actually don't even blame him at this point because you think, yeah... Right, my bike's broken. My teacher's offering me a lift home. I mean, you would, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. I don't think you don't think he's behaved sort of unsafely there. Frankie. People are people are very quick here to believe um, that it's possible that Terry Maitland could do this, which is weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll get on to it. <clears throat> Obviously, the prints and everything, but yeah, there is quite. A, I mean, you get it with the police if you watch. Any any real draw, uh, true crime thing when the police are like yeah this is our man yeah like, what about this other evidence nope nope never mind don't about need that. the paperwork we're just gonna go for this guy um, I don't think they believe he's capable they're just saying well he yeah I saw him. well the evidence is irrefutable yeah mind you eyewitness testimony if you know anything about crime hi I'm obsessed with it um, is is often unreliable yes Um, however it seems to all us viewers that it is not um so then he interviews a little girl who was uh walking near the park where they found frankie peterson she says she saw his van and uh and saw the coach covered in blood um from his mouth yeah all around his mouth like he'd been eating someone um she says that he told her he had a nosebleed and then he drives away but even little let's call her mary uh doesn't believe that for shit don't believe that she just stands there i mean would, oh, i'd like, have run away screaming what, what is gonna happen the way he comes around the van it's so scary that like, he sees her and it's like mm. i also wasn't expecting jason bateman to be scary you know what um i like really like jason bateman so mm. i'm only i was only really familiar with him from like, arrested development and you know um horrible bosses where he's just the put upon yeah nice guy but then i saw him in a film called the gift i don't know if you've seen that no i haven't and he's horrible in it really not, not a murderer but he's not he's a nasty, nasty piece of work and he really does it very well there's an underlying edge to him that i think what would work really well in this um if he transpired that he was the murderer mm. it's it's like something but behind the eyes of just there's some malice there yeah there's there's something a little bit more well the only thing i've seen him in recently is ozark which i really like yeah see i've, I've not watched and he it. gets quite dark in that and quite cold um but the, this is a whole nother level like yeah. if i was that kid if i was little mary which is her new name um i'd have run off screaming and probably have peed my pants but then i was actually thinking this i was like she should run i was like he'll catch her easily so maybe she's better off just mm. just being acting a little bit more normal and acting like she believes his story. But then he, he did, wasn't interested in her. No. So he'd had it to fill. Gross. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, so let me go to the local strip club. Uh, and the manager there, Claude Bolton. Uh, Paddy Considine? Yeah. So surely he's going to be in it more. You're not just going to wheel Paddy Considine in for one scene. Couldn't possibly tell you. Okay, right. Um, 
slight changing character here, which is not important enough for King Corner. He was, I think he was just a bouncer in the book. Okay. Uh, but he says that Terry came in with a broken nose, looking to change his clothes and find Doctor. Um, so Claude's wondering, like, why would a guy with a broken nose have blood in the back of his jacket? Um, and actually, all things combined, it looks a bit dodgy, doesn't it? Mm. Um, there's some interesting CCTV footage that we see later. It's yes. a bit weird. So then they, uh, so then Ralph follows another lead. So there's a cabbie outside. Say says that she picked him up from the club and drove him to a train station. Um, he'd said he needs to take the overnight train to Dallas Fort Worth. Uh, nothing else. Um, well, she does recall one thing, uh, which is that his eyes looked blank, dead, and definitely creepy. Mm. Um, perhaps not verbatim, but close enough. And I think that's so. At this point, we have only seen Terry as murderer Terry, right? Yeah. And I think that's really interesting because we've only seen one side of his character and he does look like a creepy fuck. Have we not seen him making pancakes prior to this? or Maybe very briefly. Because he was kind we might of... Have done, he's actually, in his little yeah. t-shirt and he's making green pancakes. But I don't know whether that's... I think that's before this. So it might be just in between may, these. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I think the contrast is really interesting. And, you know, kudos to, to Jason Bateman for playing himself and Terry Maitland in two very different guises. One mm. is a mouth bloodied murderer and the other is a guy that makes green pancakes yeah. also who wants to eat green pancakes man well they wanted to make red or something purple, purple for their team but they ended up with green you know sometimes you just haven't got the dye i think I'd, i would eat pancakes whatever color they were to be fair so one of the things that we learn is that um terry maitland is a coach for little league mm-hmm. uh and uh, anderson's decided they wants to arrest him for the murder of frankie peterson so many names here that end in un. Uh, and he wants to do it really publicly. You know, he says, read him his rights loud, clear, so that everyone can hear, and then cuff him in front of everyone, in the front, so everyone can see. Yeah, you're letting your ego run away with you there, Anderson. It's... Why don't you bring him in and question him, rather than yeah. doing this big display and How ruining his family's life? Doing things by the book, perhaps. Um, so he's they... letting his own anger at what he's seen yeah. lead into how he deals with the case. You see it time and time again. You Procedure, do. gentlemen. Mavericks. Procedure. Uh, so he sends his deputies off uh, to arrest him right in the middle of the baseball field. I know. Um, he's he's pretty pissed off, but he's not. You know, he's he he's, he's confused. He doesn't resist. Um, but his wife Glory, she ain't have none of this. Uh, she's freaking out. She's shouting to for them to like let him go. And mm. you know what Terry does is just says, "Call Howie from the car." Um, I I like the fact that Terry didn't make a fuss in front of the kids. Yeah. I don't like I don't like the arrest. I mean this is very true to the to the book and actually most he of this first episode. He was also in shock is... and if he if we are to believe that he was innocent you would be like well you arrested me. I didn't do it. You, there's no evidence that I've done it. So you you maybe you would just be like right okay let's just go let's and if he makes let's a fuss and it's yeah. an even bigger scene. So um so glory calls Howie, Howie, Howie Salomon, which mm. is a very difficult name to say, um, and says, you know, he wasn't even in town that day. Howie tells her to get home, make sure the girls are out of the house, don't say anything, don't take anything that isn't, let them take anything that isn't on the search warrant because they're mm. searching the house. So she heads off, um, turns up at the house, and they are everywhere. Um, and they're taking stuff from the house. And she's like, you don't even need that. That's my daughter's. It's not even Terry's. Yeah. And I think this is a... Something I don't think that you can get in a book, which is a real demonstration of how ruthless law enforcement can be. A lot of the time, quite rightly, Mm. 
um, in taking every single piece they can to try and find the evidence to convict someone of a horrific crime. And and, and I have to say, I, I know that, well, I mean, we'll talk about this a bit later, but like, you know, doubts about whether he has or hasn't done this. Obviously, it's very confusing. Um, but I can imagine being like Anderson or the deputies, like if they've seen that body and they know what's happened to that mm. boy, you would just want to nail this bloke, wouldn't yeah. you? If you've but got proof. But that's not... You're not using your rationale there. You're, you're letting emotion rule. And I think, as we see, that doesn't end up working out very well. I think I'd have lost my shit if I was Glory. Yeah, especially... I, I it's Yeah, he wasn't even in town. It's like in um, Making a Murderer, when mm. he's first accused of the, the rape, the assault, and there's however many witnesses, like, no, he was working that day. He wasn't yeah. there. And it's like, nope, doesn't mean anything. Bullshit, no one cares. We've got our man, and that's all that matters. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's horrific, really. So there's a, there's a pretty big crowd of nosy parkers mm-hmm. having a look at what's going on. And in amongst them is a very tall, dark figure in a hoodie um, that looks pretty sinister. What did you think about this figure, Lucy? Um, I can't remember if it's here that you see that he's deformed, is it? I think it's in episode two. Okay. No spoilers, because if you've watched the first one, you've watched two of them. Yeah. So yeah, sorry if that was a spoiler. Um yeah, I mean you you're you're certain there that right, there's something is does he have a double is what I thought. Yeah. Have we got a doppelganger? Doppelganger Harbinger of Doom. Long lost twin. Wouldn't, wouldn't separated have the same at birth. Um fingerprints though, would it? Needs to actually um, be the same. Are they person. do you have the same fingerprints if you're identical twins? No, fingerprints are completely unique. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. Um, well, let's put a pin in that because I'm sure that Hoodie Man will come back again. I know he will. Um, <laughs> yeah, we know he Because we've, we've watched it. Um, so then we go back to Anderson and he's looking at some video footage from the club, right? Which shows Terry literally everywhere. Mm. It's like he's making sure he's Very on camera. Strange. He's making sure his looking face is seen. And there's one bit where they zoom in and it's like, is he giving us the finger? Mm. He purposefully asks, um... Claude Bolton to order him a cab then he gets in the cab and he purposely says call the dispatcher you know all of this stuff and he's showing himself which is weird right yeah so there's a a genuine trail that he yes he was here there's a record he did he was here he did this he did that there's CCTV footage of him placing him in certain areas now at this point I mean bear in mind there's another episode and a half after this that you've already seen what did you think did you think it was Anderson did you think I mean you talked about maybe there being a double um, Addison, even Maitland, you know what I mean? Um, did you think that he just fucking cracked and he lost his mind? Did you have any idea? I thought, yeah, it was the double again. But this is obviously the an evil double because he's trying... It looks like he's obviously trying to incriminate Terry. Mm. Do you... I mean, how do you think... Do you think it's a bit clunky or do you think that it's done well? I thought it was done well. Mm. Because it's that, just it's that impossible. Um, I mean, to be fair, I'm I'm looking back at this knowing what happens. Do we know at this point that he wasn't he wasn't actually in town? I don't think we have. So probably at this point, evidence. I was like, yeah, I was probably just baffled and like, what is he doing? Why mm. why is he behaving in this way? It's an interesting premise, isn't it? Mm. And things get even more confusing. You know, we've had the one bit going. He wasn't even here. He was out of town. Um, so Anderson sent off lab results and it confirms that blood samples from both the scene um, and the van matched the boys. Great. The, the boy, boys is his P 
Peterson's blood. Um, and uh, there is also some blood on a tree branch. We won't talk about that in any more detail. And the steering wheel, that are the same type as Terry's, which is a very rare blood type. So things are starting to get even more confusing here because he's adamant he wasn't in town, but we've got him on CCTV. We've got his fingerprints. We've got the same blood type that's pretty fucking rare. Um, but obviously Anderson knows he needs evidence so he questions Terry along with Detective Eunice Sablo um, which I apologise if that now sounds like a really awful pronunciation of that (laughs) name but it just seems really cool to me Um, and they're trying to get they're trying to get a DNA swab but he's not having any of it he wants his lawyer yes which he's entitled to absolutely Um, so Howie turns up Um, what do you think about Howie? yeah I like Howie he was my favourite character in the book yeah he's good I really liked Howie um, and, and I think this this was one of the castings that I really enjoyed. I like a gruff, sort of the earth man, lawyer. He's more earthy than your usual sort yeah. of hotshot lawyer, but he's smart and he's determined. And I think yeah. you want him on your side in this. Definitely. Oh, 100%. Um, especially when Terry's telling them very clearly he was in Cap City when the kid was murdered, uh, a teaching conference with uh, two witnesses. He spent the entire time with them. Mm. It's very specific, it's very detailed, um, and in theory, it should be really easy for Anderson to confirm that this is true. Um, so, so at this point, I suppose there's a bit of doubt, because you've obviously got his alibi, the DNA swab results that they haven't got yet, um, you know, is... Is he guilty? Is he not? How mm. can he be in two places at one That's time? That's the thing. And this is where it starts getting pretty fucking confusing. Um, <clears throat> so uh, they're going to hold him now. Um, and I thought this was this. I thought this was a bit shoddy. And they walk him right by. Um, yeah, you wouldn't. The boy's would mother. I thought. It, I thought it was harsh. Um, and later on, we see her completely lose the plot. Yeah have a heart attack and die to me it wasn't clear that she died no it's not until later on i only knew that because i I saw i saw her have a heart attack um well i didn't see her have a heart attack i saw her collapse i thought you know she could just be having a panic attack yeah i didn't it wasn't that wasn't made clear it's only i think it's the next episode which we'll get on to that it's clear that that's what's happened um so yeah i think they could have made that clearer I think that scene... Unless with, it's with meant her... to not be clear. Mm, yeah, no, I don't agree. I think that scene with her was amazing, though. Mm. Like, um, obviously, we only see this actress very briefly, um, but her portrayal of that kind of all-consuming grief was... I was thinking, like, who's, put, who's put all this food out? That's what people do, isn't it? They put for a wake. They just bring around, I mean... Was it a wake? Yeah, for the kid. I thought it was just like those having dinner. In the, um... I see some of it. I have to say, and I was actually paying attention. I wasn't like on my phone or anything. Was not actually that clear. Yeah, what's I get what going you mean. on? Maybe the dialogue was a bit quiet. Um, but I just thought they, yeah, I knew she wanted to bury her son. She saw Terry, blah 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 blah. But then it just looked like they were having like some kind of meal. I suppose this is also when, um, like Stephen King's writing style becomes so much more powerful in the book there's this whole scene where um i think it's like post wake and everyone's finally left and she's in the kitchen trying to clean up she's like you know we've got lasagnas to last us for days and yeah. things like that, and starts throwing them on the floor which is you know the baseball bat's a bit extreme but obviously it was so maybe league. maybe it just wasn't made explicit or maybe it was and i didn't catch it yeah maybe it's interesting um and and to be honest just fucking tragic isn't it yeah it's awful like awful Moving on. Uh, so Howie hires a PI 
Alec Pelly. Um, Alec Pelly, P-I. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Rolls off the tongue. Yeah. That'll be your next role. <laughs> um, I, I like Alec. I think he's cool. And I think he's going to get cooler. You know, when you get that impression, you're like, yeah, he's going to be e- yeah, even more so. You already know he's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he tracks down some video of Terry at the conference asking a question to the panel. Now, Terry's at a literature or literary conference for teachers and they're talking about banned literature, which I fucking loved. Mm. I was like, this is, this Odyssey, is brilliant. The Odyssey, wasn't it? He was talking about? Uh, the Iliad. The Iliad. The Iliad and Slaughterhouse-Five. Ah, uh, yes. Um... You know, I've, you know, I've never read Slaughterhouse-Five. Neither have I. Um, maybe I should give myself some homework. I did study homework. the Iliad, though, so... Me too! Give, give us some bonus points for that, please. And we've got some stuff in King Corner about that, too. Um, so this obviously opens up this ridiculous question even further. How can a man literally be in two places at once? We've got eyewitness testimony. We've got video surveillance footage. It doesn't make any sense. Mm. Um, both from the strip club and from the hotel where he's staying. Um, so Anderson's pretty fucking confused to be honest wouldn't you be yeah. so he goes out to the hotel where Terry had been staying um, he has a little wander around it's quite interesting like sort of the parallel between the one side trying to get information to prove his innocence and the other side trying to get mm. similar information to disprove his innocence so I quite enjoyed that and it's interesting isn't it because actually at this point so he goes into the into the gift shop and the woman's like oh he, he's the only person who's ever touched that book because it's really expensive and no one gives a shit about it um, <clears throat> so if his fingerprints are on there it in theory proves that he was in yeah Cap City but he's also got fingerprints in the van at the scene that proves in theory mm. he was there in Cherokee there City there is something a bit this is where it starts getting f- fucked when you see him looking at the CCTV when he's in um, Cherokee City this is kind of similar really like oh he's touched this book that proves that yeah. he was there like what's that about and you, I, I think know? it really opens up quite a lot of strange questions at mm. this point where I'm just not really sure what's Maybe going it's on. coincidence, but it seems like he's doing basically the same thing there as he was yeah. in back home. Speaking of back home, um, creepy Terry, children. Oh, this is the thing I hate the most. So Terry's younger daughter, Jessa, stupid name, um, wakes up screaming in a nightmare saying, tell him to get out of my room. Yeah. Ugh. You tell him yourself, Jessa. Yeah, yeah, Jessa. Pants on. Come on, tell him. Grow tell up. Man. Your sister's telling you to grow up. <laughs> I've got to admit, like the the thing I hate the most is creepy kids. Yeah, possessed kids. It's because it happens in real life, not the possession. But children say like the freakiest things. Like, yeah. who's that man at the window? Like, what the fuck are you saying? Yeah. When I when I was a kid, I was a creepy as fuck. Yeah. I used to sleepwalk. Mm. My, my mum used to tell me this. Like, I used to come walk down to the bottom of the stairs, which would like look over to the sofas and just stare at the clock above their heads. Oh god! Or if she'd come in to like turn my light off if I'd been reading, I'd just sit bolt upright in bed, eyes wide open, but I'm asleep. Yeah, it's uncanny. She, like, she it's said, creepy. I terrified her. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it explains a lot, to be honest. Yeah, well, I mean, I might still do it now, but I live on my own, so, you know, maybe it's just my cat that's terrified of me. <laughs> oh. um, this was awful, and I, you know, a bit of a kind of omen for things to come. Mm. Um, so then we see Ralph and his wife visit a grave that, by presumption, is their son's. Um, and that, I suppose, could open up some more reasons as to why he's so almost traumatised by this case. Well, he does say, doesn't he? I don't think we touched on it. Funny, funny choice of words there. Um, he says in the car when he arrests Terry, yeah. did you yeah. touch my kid? 
And he's really, really driven by that, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and he really wants to know. And then quite an interesting conversation happens. So his wife, um, you know, says, what does your gut tell you? Mm. What does your gut, take everything out of it, take the evidence, take, you know, how much you know about this man. What does your gut tell you? And, and you know, Ralph's response is, I, I just don't know. I really don't know. And he doesn't know whether he's guilty or not. And I think that is a very interesting position to be put in at this point. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where we, we finish the episode. Pretty much around there. Sure. Um, which is quite an interesting kind of place to live. So we, we're left at the end of episode one thinking, right, is it a doppelganger? Has he got some kind of creepy double? Is, is he like twins separated at birth? Are we all going mad? How is he in both mm. places at once? Because basically he can't be. Well, no, it's physically impossible so he, for so one he's not, man. he's not in two places at once. So what is it then? I mean, unless... Well, yeah. It's unless obviously you, you it's going to be time. supernatural, but it's not... He isn't in two places at once. So what we need to find out now is... What is it then? If not that. Yeah. What the fuck is it? And it's Stephen King, so we know it's going to be something pretty fucking mental, right? Yes. Hopefully. So yeah, that's episode one. Yeah. Um, interesting. A lot happened. <clears throat> Yeah, a lot. And we got introduced to a lot of characters. It's a lot to take in, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I got confused. We've got about three different families, plus a load mm. law enforcement. We haven't even really talked about the DA. Oh, yeah, the bloody DA. He's the, I think he's behind Ralph. Like, he's just like, yep. He's really pushing for it. Yeah. Um, they just want to like have these cases solved, don't they? And just have it as their, like, on their score sheet. Yeah, tick box. By no DAs. That's, that's yeah, what and, and we do. And we do. Do we even have district attorneys in the UK? Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> Who knows? I think it's Queen's Council. Um, I'll, I'll look that up for you guys for mm. episode three. I'm not doing it today. <laughs> um, it was interesting because in the book, actually, they the way he's described is really interesting. And he has this cowlick at the back of his head that will constantly won't sit hmm. down. Um, and that comes up all the time, especially when he's stressed. So I, that was another one of the characterizations I wasn't really sure about. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. The DA kind of left no impact on me whatsoever. Like he Hence wasn't, we haven't even mentioned him. Yeah, he wasn't like a complete prick. He wasn't no. nice. Not that there's the two, the only two things you can be. He didn't make any impact no. on me at all. No, I agree. Like, you know, well, we get onto it in um, the second episode. The police officer or is he a detective who was on Jack. leave yeah yeah you're immediately like bah you're awful yeah or ralph you're like oh you're troubled or you, you yeah. get a sense but the da let, he doesn't have a clear character no yeah does he he's not good or bad which is fine you don't have to be one of the two but he made no impact i don't know if we'll be in it again obviously after the next episode we will see um we shall see we shall see he's the murderer it turns I, out because i've read this so recently i have to be really careful yeah. about what i say <laughs> because also i know that they're gonna um they're going to take this in a slightly different direction because the book itself, these first two episodes is basically the first half of the book. Oh God. And it ain't a small book, but the rest of it could definitely work quite well on TV. But I was reading some stuff about um, the, the screenwriter um, and, uh, you know, he was talking about how to stretch it into 10 hours of television, having to, you know, make, take some... Don't stretch it. Just do it for as long as it needs to be. Do it for six. Well... People are so annoying. Uh, Stephen King himself has said this may be one of the best adaptations of his work ever done. I mean, he'd know. And there have been some rotters. Oh, have there not just We've been covered some most fucking of them. rotters? For some reason. Um, speaking of other adaptations, should we move on to King Corner? Yay, Yay. King Corner! I'm innocent, Red. Just like everybody else here. The house is burning. 
tired, Georgie. I'm afraid I have a tendency to turn up the heat. Red rum. Hello, it's King Corner time. No change of voice, it's still me. Um, so King Corner, if you are new to Castle Rock Critical, is where we talk about all things Stephen King, Easter eggs, etc. Um, but with The Outsider, because it is slightly different um, and, and uh, doesn't have quite as many Stephen King Easter eggs, I'm also going to talk about some other nice links across TV and film in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, so firstly, one of the producers, uh, Jack Bender. Yeah. Uh, also, did Mr. Mercedes and Lost. Okay. So, Mr. Mercedes, Lost. Uh, Stephen King novel. Yep, and they did a TV show that as well. Yep. Um, and Lost, uh, we talk about this all the time. Um, if J.J. If Abrams was doing this, we'd definitely have his mate in here as some cop. Yeah, he would. Always in there. Matt from Heroes. Um, so, we've also got some other actor crossovers. Uh, so, we talked about uh, Jason Bateman, who was in Ozark. Um, and he actually directed the first two episodes of yeah. this season, and he directed Ozark as well. And I actually, you can feel if if you guys have watched Ozark, I think you can feel a very similar kind of vibe to it. It's kind of that whole kind of um, the night of um, True Detective. Yeah, that but sort of True slightly... Detective hangs quite heavy over yeah, it as well. Yeah, it does. Um, and actually, the screenwriter Richard Price uh, did the night of. I have so, not seen the night of. Oh, you should. I've heard it is very it. excellent. It's brilliant. Um, and some of the other actors in the cast uh, cross over in things like Black Mirror, Mr. Robot, Twilight Zone. Um, it's got a very interesting cast. See, I don't really recognise anyone other than Bateman and Mendelssohn. So yeah, and um, McGuinness. McGuinness, Guinness, Paddy. Paddy McGuinness. No, you <laughs> that's from I mean. Take Me Out. No, I don't. We were talking about him earlier. Never mind, we'll come back to it. The nightclub guy. Oh, Paddy Considine, yes, Thank sorry. You. Yeah. Paddy McGuinness. Paddy McGuinness. <laughs> no likey, no lighty. No one listening to this is going to know what that means. Well, um, Google it. Because uh, <laughs> I'm not cutting that out. Um, so according to IMDB, and I will tell you guys that I do serious research for these episodes, I went through the IMDB history, as in, like, appearances of every single major and semi-major wow. cast member Why? of this, just to find someone who had been in... <laughs> Someone must have been, come on. A Stephen King adaptation. And I found one. You did. I found one. Uh, so Julianne Nicholson, who plays Glory Maitland, uh, also played Cat Withers in the 1999 miniseries version of Storm of the Century. I loved that when it was on. Book Scared I've not read, miniseries I've not seen. It's good. Well, I was a kid, so uh-huh. who knows. But I was freaked out by it. It was good. Well, there you go. So clearly she's, um, and she's had a pretty, pretty good, uh, pretty good career by the looks of it. Good L- for lots her. of law and order. Yeah. Um, which for have, me haven't we all says you're doing well um, <clears throat> now when we first see the body of the kid and I don't want to keep harking back to this um, his shoes are slightly askew and one of them is like half off yeah which I thought was pretty reminiscent of um, the body stand I thought by the me. same and I thought what has happened to him that has basically knocked, knocked him out of off. his shoes yeah like the kid in the body is a train yeah what happened to this poor boy Bear. We kind of know, yeah. A bear would make sense. At the teachers' conference, Terry Maitland stands up to ask a question about Slaughterhouse Five. You mentioned uh, the author earlier, Kurt Vonnegut. Um, did you know, Lucy, that uh, Slaughterhouse Five and Kurt Vonnegut have been recommended by Stephen King as one of his favourite writers and one that inspiring authors should check out? Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I did know. not know that. Thank yeah. you for that insight. Thank you, Google. There's a lot of stuff about baseball, obviously. So we've got Little League, 
Um, and Frankie Peterson's mum beats up a load of dishes with Chris in them with a baseball bat. Yeah. Does the reference to baseball remind you of anything we've recently watched and covered? Surely does. It reminds me of Doctor Sleep. Yeah, baseball boy. Yep. Another fucking horrible yeah. murder well, of a again, child. Brilliant. There, there is some, and I've got to say this now, and I love Stephen King. You guys know I do. You know I do, Lucy. Mm-hmm. But he's got a fucking problem with killing kids in his books. I think it's just easy, isn't it? Like, well, if a child is murdered, we're all going to feel something. More than if it's just a man, yeah. probably. Not being rude. Um, well, no, it's true. Because but it's, 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 it's more heinous. It's a much easier device to get to gain feelings and to gain um, a reaction. And that's probably why. Yeah. Just it's really traumatising. Yeah, it is like. traumatising. And maybe he should find a different trope. Maybe he should. Maybe not. Well, I mean, maybe just... No, maybe know. he should. Not all the time, okay? Not all the time. Uh... So those are most of what I like to call my little Easter eggs. Um, and I do have some book differences for you. Book versus show. Okay. Um, so firstly, which is the major difference, and this has been talked about by Price when he was writing the, doing the, the, the screen play. Uh, it's been talked about by the producers and the actors as well. Um, is that in the book, uh, Ralph Anderson's son is not dead. He is at summer camp. <laughs> Which in some worlds may be as bad <laughs> as being dead. Again, they're using a dead dead child as a device, plot device. And, and actually, I think it's it makes lazy, sense. A bit lazy, but I think it's a bit lazy. I think... Can you not give him another motivation to catch this guy other than, oh yeah, my son is also dead? Uh, I don't know. Lazy. He doesn't really... No spoilers. He doesn't really become much of a character in the, in the book at all. He comes back at some point at the end, I think. Um, but all you get is a couple of conversations on the phone about him wanting to come home because he's really sad about Frankie Peterson being dead. Um, and his parents telling him not to. And that's basically it. So in terms of like the impact it has on the story by removing it, mm. but the impact then of kind of his motivations, I wonder if if they, if you know, and we talk about Richard Price specifically here, whether he thought it would better suit the kind of audience that television has these days. Yeah, you probably. Know, it's a I trauma, mean, you, it's a tragedy. You need the troubled detective. And he died of cancer, it's awful. Yeah, it's very awful, but I just think... You, again, using a dead child as a plot device, I'm a little bit bored of it. Yep. Um, something I missed, actually, and I'm not sure if this is in the book or not, um, at the conference, the Iliad is also mentioned, which you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. Lucy. Both of us have read it. See? Yeah, well well read. And like the rest well of fan critical kind read. Illiterates. Um, <clears throat> Homer has a doppelganger in the Iliad. He meets his own doppelganger at one point, very briefly. That is bad luck. Super bad luck. I mean, it's not like the Iliad went particularly well for most of it, is it? No. I mean, if you see your doppelganger, that is supposed to be mean that you're going to die. Something very bad's going to happen. It's pretty, what's the word, portentous. Yeah, portent of doom. Dun, dun, dun. Um, speaking of portents of doom, not at all, bad segue. Uh, <laughs> so the dog that finds Frankie Peterson's body is uh, is a German shepherd in this adaptation. Mm-hmm. In the show, it is a beagle. Oh, I like beagles. Like, They're hunting dogs, aren't they? Yeah. So they are found him pretty quick. And also, you know, Sherlock Holmes and shit. Didn't they always have a beagle? Do Maybe. You? I don't know. I always, Do I always think of, a dog? I always think of Sherlock Holmes and beagles. Doesn't he in one of the shows? One of the books? I don't watch books? the shows. Um, I don't know. Oh, well. Um, And then the last major difference, not that I know if it matters, but it kind of irritated me, um, is that a couple of names have been changed. So, Glory Maitland. Glory uh, is very annoying. I hate... As a name. It's a shit name. Gloria, fine. Yeah, Glory. Why are you called Glory? She's she's called Marcy in the book. Why'd you change it? It's a good name. I don't understand why you have to change it. Saying Glory as a name, it doesn't fit right with 
It just, just doesn't, doesn't roll sit off the well. No, it, no, it doesn't. It's no good. And I kept calling her Marcy in my head. Yeah. <clears throat> why, why do you have to change it? I don't know. But they also changed the name of the city. So it's Cherokee City in the show, which sounds awful. Doesn't exist. Unless we're going to get some kind of... Doesn't exist in Atlanta. Or, sorry, Georgia. Fair point. Um, unless we're going to get some kind of like ancient Native, Native, Native American Indian... burial ground again. Yeah. Oh. That's why it's happening. It's because... Sometimes town... that is better. <laughs> that is better. We need a lens. Great impression. Um, in, the... in the book, it's called Flint City, which I like better. Flint City, Michigan. That's sorry. I'm just naming places that aren't relevant. Yeah, Flint. Crack on, least do what you like. Yeah, Cherokee. I don't know. So you've taken away alliteration from Marcy Maitland and put it into Cherokee City. I hate it. It's not a good anyway. spot. Um, that's all I've got for King Corner. Which I'm actually considering it's quite a lot. When I first started, scraping the barrel quite a lot. I mean, fishing the barrel, scraping the barrel a bit. Yeah, well, that's okay. Nice, nice reference. Um, I worked hard. Thank you. No, it's good, but it's also. <laughs> not at the same time I, I think we're going to find with uh, with the outsider that predominantly what we're going to get and, and this will definitely happen maybe not in episode 2 but further along in the story is a lot of book differences which is yes. obviously where that's part of the course I come in um, and less easter eggs because I don't really feel like this isn't a castle rock this is an that's adaptation the thing. this is an adaptation of an existing um, book not people trying to shoehorn as much references to Stephen King's work into one show. Oh, I mean, most of these I've just I've just gone, here is a thing that is related to Stephen King, it's an Easter egg. But that's what I love about it, because you can go, oh, Slothouse Five, I've read something about Stephen King talking mm. about authors. I know he's talked about Kurt Vonnegut, that's interesting. There's just so much so much out there, isn't there? So there's so yeah. much of his work that so there's always going to be stuff that crosses over. So yeah, good job. Good job. Um, thank you. I appreciate that. Sure. Um, so if I have missed anything that any of you spotted that is a book difference or some kind of sneaky Easter egg that was hard even for me to find, uh, then let us know. We love feedback. And um, for the first two episodes, we won't be having any because um, obviously we've only just started. Oh, I've watched it. Yeah, probably. Uh, but we will be doing a feedback section uh, later on with people's thoughts and theories and feelings Feelings. Uh, later on so if you want to give us some feedback you can do that in a load of different ways you can email us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com we love emails they're very exciting you can message us on social media so we are at fan underscore critical on instagram at fan critical pod on twitter and just fan critical on facebook um we love hearing your feedback especially when it comes to stephen king adaptations and um, i know there are loads of you guys that will be watching this that have listened to a lot of our other coverage so we look forward to hearing back from you all yeah very soon come on regulars come on regs tell us what you think um but that is it for for this episode for now fish in a barrel um thank you lucy for your input Oh, it's fine. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, and we will... Well, I mean, we'll be recording in about 10 minutes, the second yes. episode. we'll uh, be back very shortly. But we will be releasing uh, our review of each episode a couple of days after it airs in the UK each week. Um, so we will be here in your ears for as long as you choose to listen. Um, if you do like it, as we said, subscribe, leave us a review, check us out on Patreon, uh, and we'll see you all soon. Bye! Bye! Bye.